Welcome to Fleetwood. This is Kendall. And this is Elijah. So, how long have you been in Memphis, Elijah? I have been here since, I want to say September of 2021. So, coming up on two years. Where were you living before? Before Memphis, I lived in D.C. for a few months, like on a sublet. Um, which, and it's also, I grew up in Northern Virginia, so it was kind of like, that's sort of my home sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then before that, just bopping around. It was crazy times. Crazy times. Well, I mean, you bopped around to a bunch of places then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it was, it was um, the person I was dating then was in a grad program that had been supposed to go to China, but they did not go because of the pandemic. And so they were all really motivated to like meet up, but they were, it was an international program. So like I got to come along and meet them in um, North Carolina and then Arizona and um, also in uh, like Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe is a super cool place. And it was just my first like trip really traveling on my own in Europe. I'm lucky enough to have been before, but like um, I think I'd been with my parents or I'd been on a like short study abroad trip. So this was the time that it was kind of like, oh, well you can just, you know, get bus tickets and train tickets and like ferries and just travel everywhere. So um, I was in Croatia for a lot of that time um, with my partner at the time and then a bunch of her classmates in her grad program. And we just traveled all around Croatia, which is like, I mean, I could just talk about this all forever. Like, yeah, you can. You totally can. Oh, my God. Croatia is really cool. Um, but then we also got to go to Bosnia afterwards, which was like just, I mean, out of all the countries we went to, I think that was like my favorite experience because I just knew so little about Bosnia. Um, and so, and also I think, you know, it's less a less traveled place. So the people there were like, generally really excited to kind of tell us about Bosnia culture and history and um, I don't know we're just like interested in meeting travelers in a way that was not true in Croatia because I think like German tourists have been going there for like probably like a hundred years now if not more Um, yeah we also went to Poland and we went through Budapest and Hungary and um, we we went through, oh, and we visited some friends in Germany, um, and that was really cool. Um, Poland was also awesome. And yeah. I'm like, my a lot of my ancestors are from Poland on like my mom's side. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if it was like a deeply like, you know, personal experience exactly, but it was still really interesting to like see like, huh, this is like where my people came from. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's really cool. After doing all of that traveling, what brought you here? Um, my, my ex got a job here. And so we moved that kind of for for her job. Um, I forget if my, my DC had been my idea. So I was kind of, to be honest, I was like, she was like, do you want to move to Memphis? And I was like, no, really. (laughs) Um, I was not thrilled about it exactly. Um, but I ended up, you know, moving here and I mean, I'm really glad I did. It, like, feels like home now after two years. I feel like that's about how long it takes. Maybe a year. Yeah. Well, when I lived in Boston, I was there for, like, three years. Oh, really? It never felt like home. I was yeah. always missing coming back here. I yeah. was always so excited to come visit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even from here. I'm, I'm from Dyersburg, mm. which is, like, northeast of here. How far? It's like an hour or so, mm-hmm. and it's the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do. It's just small town, whatever. And uh, I don't know. I moved to Memphis in my like mid twenties, 
and I, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. I used to work at High Point as their marketing person. Yeah. And I loved it. I had so much fun working there. And then I moved to Boston and I did um, I did marketing at another climbing gym there. And then the pandemic, so that it was just stuck in the house all the time. And then I worked at a distillery and oh. I moved back here. And now I work at another distillery. So, okay. Oh, I did not know you worked at the distillery. Yeah, I work okay. at Old Dominic. I just knew you did graphic design, so I didn't know. Yeah, I do graphic design. I have a graphic design degree, so I do both. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a... Graphic design and distilling or graphic design and marketing? <laughs> <laughs> graphic design and marketing. Yeah, I wish that I could distill, but I, I can't. I don't, mm. I don't know enough about it, even after all of this time. Whatever. Yeah, I probably... I, don't, I mean... I don't know. You just like leave something in a jar for a while and then it breaks down, right? No, nope, no, it's a little more complicated <laughs> right. than that, oh, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Um, so you've been here for two years and did you ever like whenever you first moved here, what was it like for you? Well, okay, yeah, I gotta like go back. Um I think it was kind of exciting from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like, I mean, there's like the part that I brought with, right? And then like, there's the part that I discovered. And like the part that I brought with, I think was like, I had spent like the last like three years moving a lot, like a lot of new places. And so I'd spent a lot of time like very lonely, like because I was like making friends just as I was leaving a place. Um, and, but I feel like through that experience, I kind of learned like some cheat codes kind of. And so I was excited because I felt confident, like I could, I could like, you know, use those cheat codes. And they were basically just like, just do like one thing you love and just make all your friends there. And so I joined a running group and like, it didn't take me long to like meet a bunch of people who were just like super dope and like supportive. And we all just got to run together. And it's just like, yeah, trail trippers. Yeah. Trail trippers. Oh my God. Yeah. Love those people. Yeah, they're the best. Um, and then when that wasn't enough for me, I just did it again. And I, you know, met you and I met all the other climbers. And now I have like more than I can handle. They're just like. I know. Our friend group is out of control. There's just awesome people <laughs> everywhere. It's like too many. Like if there was like a third, then I would still like have too many people there. I know. With. I only need like three. <laughs> and we've got so many. Our parties are out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And plentiful. Yeah. It's great. I almost mean just even on an individual level, though. I feel like, you know, like, I, like, don't even know you that well, you know? But I, like, wish I did, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's why we're doing this. Exactly. (laughs) So now that you've, like, really embedded yourself in a community here, I mean, do you see yourself staying here? Or do you think that you're going to move again? If we could just, if we just, like, lift Memphis up and, like, drop it in, like, the Appalachians, then I would, I would be buying a home in, like, a month, you know? I know. That's what happens to a lot of people here is everybody wants that, like, pure wilderness, you know, like, it's not beautiful here. It's, 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 uh, Memphis is about, like, people. There's, like, two hills. Yeah. There's great people and, like. Yeah, there's. I mean, thank God for Shelby Meeman. I mean, Meeman Forest is great. Um, but you never been there. I people Shelby call Forest? it different things. Shelby Forest, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's got like, a hyphenated <laughs> meme in there. But yeah, I always forget what like people who have lived in Memphis longer call it. Yeah, just I mean Shelby Forest. Just Shelby Forest. Yeah. yeah. But there's Shelby Park, so I like want to give it something extra. You we know? call it Shelby Farms. I right, yeah, Shelby Farms, right, yeah. Shelby yeah, Farms. Shelby and Farms. Shelby Forest. 
Yeah, it's simple, you know. Yeah, yeah. the, the know. same name. Yeah, everything's Shelby. Yeah, everything's Shelby. Important people, I guess. I have no a clue. huge. I'm pretty sure they own just like an enormous plantation, like just so much. Actually, I but I'm not positive about that. I, I this was like a year <laughs> ago. I was looking into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I I mean clearly they had a lot of land. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they sure did. So I don't know. I don't know if I'll like live in Memphis forever, but I think that it's going to be a pretty important place for me. Well, like, I mean, forever. you're moving. Are you locked into a lease or, or are you just... No, I got, I got a month to month. So month to month I really then... just, you just look past a month. It's just pure ambiguity and yeah. unknown. Well, if so, are you going to move to the mountains? If Is that like your next move or do you have like... My rough plan is that the place I'm moving to has like a pretty solid parking lot. And I talked to the owner, um, who's Daniel, who's my friend. Um, <laughs> and he, he seemed pretty cool with the idea that I could um, convert a, like a sprinter van there. So that's kind of my plan is. Um, oh, really? Yeah, to do that for a bit. Yeah, yeah. That van life. That van life. These people that I'm friends with and their vans. It's just been calling to me. <laughs> it's calling to me, so I feel like I have to do it. But, but I don't know. I mean, just because it's on this spot of, on this, like, you know, podcast doesn't mean it'll happen. But Well, I mean, you know, just because I say things on the podcast doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like, making good choices and being happy. Well, it's not just going to happen. I'm going to need to drive out. And, but, yeah, we don't need to talk about fans. I, I could talk about fans for a long time. This is, this. we're interviewing <laughs> you. We can talk about whatever you're... I don't want to talk about fans. Whatever's on your mind. <laughs> you don't want to talk about fans. So, Elijah, <laughs> yes, you uncle. recently went to Red River Gorge. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and you yeah. were putting together this great video for it. Yeah, I'm, like, in the process of editing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and But just editing takes a lot of time, you know? So um, I've just been doing it when I can, like, on the weekends, sometimes weekdays. But, yeah, Jose helped me out. He got, like, a lot of great footage. It was a new experience to me because, like, I learned kind of earlier on in video production that, like, there's a reason why the credits go on forever. It's because it's just, like... There's a certain quality that you can only really get if you delegate out different tasks, but it's hard to do because when you have like some kind of vision or a project, oftentimes I feel like there's the impulse for people to like, you want to do everything because you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this project has been fun because I, I let go and I was like, Jose is an amazing like right. videographer. So yeah. I'll just let him handle that and I'll edit it. I'll kind of do some like directing. I'll do some like, you know, planning and stuff. And um, that's been really fun. Uh, I need to... I need better editing for this so bad. I, between the two of you, you're going to have to either teach me how or I'm going to have to hire you to do it. I feel like I could teach you so much in like 15 minutes. Um, well, see, I know how to use Premiere. Yeah. But I have, I only have it on my work laptop and I right. don't want to use my work laptop for right. this. So I don't have it on my iPad and I've just been editing like on the voice memos. Yeah, yeah. That sounds tough. It is. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, it takes forever because on Premiere, you just hit Command K, break it, and yeah. then break it again, yeah. delete. All the It's so easy. Yeah. It's, such, it's so difficult. Well, you could buy a laptop. That was a personal one. Yeah, I could yeah. if I had $1,000. No, you only need like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an optimist, but I've been looking at a, a kind of, I like those like MacBook Air 11 inch, like mm-hmm. from 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably don't have enough RAM for you though. But like, if you got like a, if you got a normal Air, then 
with like eight gigabytes of RAM might cost you like 300 bucks from 2015. Yeah. Yeah, not like a new one. Wait, but 2015 was the golden age. Was it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I Jose said something. He said that Premiere sucked, and now I'm curious what he uses. He uses um, DaVinci Resolve. I think that's what it's called. DaVinci okay. Resolve. Yeah, it's it's a very different editing software. I don't. I can't really use it. I'm so like used to Premiere. Um, I've tried it a couple times. Um, it just kind of everything's different, but it's really good and it's free. Um, so maybe I can pick that up. I had I just learned how to use Premiere because I yeah. had a project at work editing video and it doesn't mean that it's good because I tried to, I told everybody I was like mm -hmm. I'm learning how to do this on the fly yeah. so it's going to be what it is. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. it's going to be. I, I had to do like eight videos. Oh, wow. Like well they were like two minute videos, one or mm -hmm. two minute videos broken up into eight parts. So it's ridiculous and I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're still doing that? <laughs> I just finished um, the like the drafts. So in hopefully in the next couple weeks I'll have edits yeah. from the team and I can start to finalize it. But I'm I feel like I've been working on it forever because we filmed a video and then they didn't like it, so we did a voiceover and they didn't and then I put together all of these slides. I probably put together like um, 40 something slides and they didn't like that one yeah so i had to we had to do another voiceover and i had to make 40 more slides because they completely changed what they were looking for um so i've i've basically done it like two or three times yeah you must be pretty good at premiere now no no okay i have to google everything that i do and then like i'll go out waiting for edits you know i'll i'll forget what I know by the time I'm doing edits again, because I've got, I'm doing a bunch of other things too. Like yeah. it's not the only thing that I'm working on. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I could, yeah, I can make you like a cheat sheet. That would just be have everything you need to know. Yeah. Like, can, Command K is my favorite one. That one's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. I love that one. Cause that's the hardest part on the iPad is that you've got to like move the bar. Right. And you, so like you've got to find the time yeah, and then move the bar there and then move the other bar and yeah. Disgusting. It's so hard to do. It takes me forever and I absolutely hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, this is a passion project. So I, you know, like I love it. I love doing it, but I can't invest a lot of money into it until it's viable like financially stable or whatever so i mean i've got the ads but i've made like 15 cents you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. i make no money because yeah. i need like hundreds of people listening Probably to thousands it. right you Do know you get, i guess because you were saying you were saying like if you hit 100 by a certain point right that then... was so that i could make it ad ads to the oh, okay and you yeah. made it and i made it. okay cool so i have ads Sweet. now and and i uh I, they're in there and i've heard them several times and i had to record the ad myself i know yeah i heard you and i know it's so quiet too right <laughs> it is like, quiet. i don't know why it was so quiet i was like so close to the microphone but i was recording it at work yeah okay that <laughs> yeah. explains a lot yeah so it's trying to be quiet yeah yeah well you know whatever 
I'll have to I'll have to do uh, redo it at some point so that it sounds better. But it works for right now. It'll do. Just like everything else, it'll do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, just keep going. So, um, any what was your favorite part about Red River Gorge? Hmm. Favorite part. I think that I mean it's what everyone's gonna say, but it was just kind of like a village of climbers, you know? And I'm not just talking about Miguel's. Like, that was a huge part of it. But there's this, for people who aren't familiar, then the Red River Gorge in Kentucky, I don't know if anyone's talked about that on this podcast. No, no. It's like it's like a really popular climbing destination in the East. Um, and I read a story, actually, about one of the kind of fixtures of that community, which is Miguel's Pizza. Yeah, Miguel's Pizza, which was created by a Portuguese immigrant, like, in the 60s or something who like went out on a limb like bought this land when climbing wasn't really a huge cultural movement in the u.s and also it wasn't um a thing in kentucky um but like increasingly there were like these you know kind of long-haired people who were coming and, and climbing some rocks and no one knew what they were doing and so he had like an ice cream shop and then a pizza shop and then kind of other stuff a campground and then over year over the over the years it became like this thing, which is Miguel's Pizza, which mm-hmm. is just kind of, you can go there, you can get pizza, you can get coffee, you can buy climbing gear, you can camp in one of these two huge fields, and you're in this spot in the country where there's just like, I mean, I think thousands of routes, mostly sport climbing, um, and people travel from all over. So it's it's almost, I mean, it's maybe a tiny bit international, but it's definitely very like trans-American, um, which is cool. Like, you know, I ran into people from D.C., like Alec had people visit from Michigan, you know. Um, I was trying to get my friend from Virginia to come, but she ended up going to the the New River Gorge instead, another gorge we have also very beautiful. Um, but like what I was saying is it was, it's not just Miguel's, but it was also like when we were at, um, I think it's called like the John Muir... John Muir climbing trail, um, climbing area, John Muir climbing area, maybe it's like, it's a foundation, um, mm-hmm. I guess in the name of John Muir, you know, famous naturalist. And we were just like on these walls and they're just all of these people, um, who are, you know, calling different commands like, all right, I got your take, you know, and hanging out in hammocks and stuff. And it's just a really friendly atmosphere and it's cool to be around so many people who, like to climb as well um and we were not like we were there for like five days which is the longest climbing trip i've ever um been on but at the same time i felt like i could have spent like a month there because that's what i'm saying it's like a village it's like yeah it's like going in some place and like there's people who were there for a long time um so i don't know there are a lot of things to explore there a lot of people to meet um so yeah kind of that like community village like vibe that was my favorite part yeah, I think that that's one of the best parts about, like, the climbing community is everybody's, I don't know, we, we're all so willing to to embrace each other. Like, we just make friends so easily. And yeah. I, like, never even climb anymore, but I go to the gym to socialize yeah. because all of my friends are there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, like, it's, I was going a lot last year and, and I already had, I was already friends with Jose and like Rob and, mm. and like, because of Jose, I've made so many more friends. He's like the glue that, that holds our friend group For together. Sure. Cause he just, 
talks to everybody. Yeah, and belays everyone. And That's also important. Everyone. And he's always uh, updating our group chat. Like he's yeah. like, "Hey, I'm gonna be there," you know, at this time every single day. And he's, I think I think no, but that's not what he says though. That's what cracks me up. I think you were there. Maybe no, I think it was Erica. Me and Erica were cracking up about how like he doesn't say, "Hey guys, I'm going to the climbing gym later." He just says, "Hey guys, climbing tonight." You know, like it's like it's like he's a coach. That's like what a coach would say. He's like, "This is this is happening. Climbing is happening." See, he, and he's just referring to himself. <laughs> but right, yeah. You know, it's, I see that. I'm like, oh, okay, climbing's happening. We're climbing. Oh, we're cli- well, I'm climbing. I guess. Like, <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he. Oh God, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I lost it. Hanging out at the gym, community. Climbers are rad. We wouldn't have any friends otherwise. Yeah. Neither of us. Well, I'd have runner friends. That's, yeah. So it was a problem, though. My I, friends are... I wouldn't have any friends if it wasn't for My mom, job. one time, she was like, Elijah, have you, like, considered, like, having friends who were, like, not, you know, bonding over climbing or running? Like, what if you get injured? Like, you're going to be so alone. Yeah. Like... I was like, that's a good... That's really good, very specific mom advice. Like, yeah. No, because I I don't ever climb, and I still have friends. Yeah, you can go anyways. I, yeah. I, know. I think it would depress gym. me, though. Like, if I was injured and I couldn't climb, to just see everyone climbing, I would, like, lose my friends very quickly. I'd be like, why are you guys leaving me here on the oh ground? Oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. It'd be no, fine. It'd be would, fine. But They would still love you and no no definitely i'm being really melodramatic i just think she's a little bit right i think it's it's a i think it's good to diversify yeah not only be friends with athletes not just be like know this one thing like well that's one of the things that i'm frustrated with because every time we make plans to go somewhere they're like is there climbing nearby is like like we're thinking about doing like a lake trip and they're like is there water so water soloing and it's like, can we not just go to the lake and get drunk on a boat? <laughs> yeah, you know, something meaningful. <laughs> you know, I just want to hang out with you guys to listen to music and get sunburned. You know what I mean? Sunscreen's important. Don't get sunburned. Well, I mean, you know, I'll wear sunscreen, but yeah, 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 but yeah, 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 it's true. It's under a <laughs> No, yeah, my mom actually, she had something really cool to say about that, though. She was like, she was saying, I don't know, it was sort of an aha moment for me. Because she was asking me, like, what else I did with my running friends and what else I did with my climbing friends. And I had lots of answers, you know? Like, I definitely have friends that are, like, I guess, like, you could say they're sort of, like, activity intersectional in that way or something. But but there is sort of an amount of depth there, you know? It's like work friends, right? It's like, you know, you only have so much in common with them until you're like, hey, you want to go to, like, open mic night or something? And then now you have two things. And then, like, if you keep going, I feel like that's when, like, relationships start to get really deep and, like, yeah. you know, colorful. Like bachata. Like bachata, yeah. Yes. Except that I freaking went alone and nobody showed up. But, you know, you well, were there in spirit, so, like, that. Yeah, I think our friendship still. We all said that we couldn't go. I think everybody um, was, like, not going to make it tonight. Whoa. Okay, backing up what I experienced <laughs> was that on Tuesday... Then, let's see, Rosalie was like, hey, you're going to Bachata tomorrow? And I was like, oh, I can't go. I have trail trippers. And she's like, come on. Like, you should go dancing. And okay. I was like, okay. So okay, I'll do it. And then everyone was like, you should come. <laughs> we'll all be there. And I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'll come. And then I show up, and I'm alone. And it's fine, because it was a great time. I'm really not complaining. Well, see, that was 4th of July, and everybody was real hyper, right? You said on Tuesday. 
Yeah, it was a lot of energy in the room. Right. Yeah, it was. No, it was Fourth of July. Right, and everybody I guess was like so stoked for bachata right. on Tuesday. Right, right, right. But then we were all like, "I have to go to work today." Yeah, I drank all day yesterday. I yeah, was so you know, and we were like, "I need to rest." I guess it's kind of fitting, you know. It's like yeah. the birth time of our of our nation, so we're making promises we can't keep. Exactly. Yeah, that's like <laughs> very just like our country. Yeah, <laughs> that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but bachata was fun and so did you see the poll i put yeah the, i yeah. did i was yeah, yeah. like i don't know if i can go well to it was jesse's idea jesse had this really kind of honestly um pretty pretty like what's the word for it bold bold idea he was like <laughs> he we can just that. ask them to do it on a different day and i was like dude i think they've been doing it wednesday for forever but it's like it's honestly worth a shot because it was like if there's like 15 people that are interested then maybe they'll you know do one on thursday too don't they have other classes on those days i'm only seeing yeah i should do more research i only saw from a cursory yeah take that fan <laughs> away from me i'm just gonna fidget it with something else but um, <laughs> you keep making noises with this i know i know i'm terrible to interview um, You're not terrible to interview. At least I'm not drumming. Oh my god, no, don't drum. I love drumming. That would be worse. They may. I will look into it. See if they have other. I think that days. they have other classes. Well, so. they have an intermediate at seven, and then I'm assuming it just keeps going. Advanced at eight, expert at nine. Surely they're not veteran that at ten. Into the night. I mean. I wanted to stay. I just did not have the requisite skills. I was struggling in the beginner class. When we went for Jen's birthday, it was hilarious because we did the beginner's class and a couple people had gotten drinks. So we were just sitting around um, and then the intermediate class started and several people were trying to do the intermediate. And it was, it was like, can we not just admit that we can't do everything? Yeah. You know, like sit, sit this one out, try to get your beginner stuff kind of nailed in. Before you start going to the intermediate, because yeah. it was it was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those classes are not for watching. No, Those classes it, are for learning. <laughs> well, they, everybody was just kind of flailing around and like throwing their feet. Yeah. It was like, all right, can we not go get food now? But yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I I am one. Uh, was a little bit relieved when I showed up and I realized that like you could get a shot if you wanted to, and two, I loosen you. Yeah, up if you need it. I mean, you, you don't need it, but. Yeah. They have you food want too. It. Yeah, they got. Yeah, that's from that's from saying is that yeah. If it wasn't for the conflict, I would I would be doing this weekly. It was so much fun. I know. I had a great I, time. I have my dog, and I like feel bad every time I leave my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tricky. But it sounds like you're making strides with her. She's more she's, socialized with people. Yeah, she's doing a lot better. I, you know, taking her to Shelby Farms, walking her around the lake, and um, she's she's definitely not jumping on people. Yeah, because she used to do that every yeah, time. She I jumped took on her. me. Well, she jumps on people generally. And I liked like, it. In a, but on the trails, she's not doing it now. <laughs> the 4th of July recording was so funny. <laughs> I've listened to it like eight times. I need to listen to it eight times because like everyone I talk to has a different takeaway. There's like four or five threads going on at any given moment. You have to like listen to it over and over again and listen to the different conversations that are going on. It was so fun to to listen back on that the first couple of times. And, and I just kept listening to it over and over again because I was laughing 
every single time at the same things. Mm-hmm. And there was this <laughs> one joke where um, Andrew was talking about his cake, and it's a three milk cake. Translators. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "What? What are the three milks?" And he said, "Evaporated, um, condensed, and." Uh, Regular milk? Regular milk? I don't know. Come on. I guess regular milk. And Chris said, I thought you were going to say, cow, goat, and yours. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely didn't hear that. Yeah, I definitely didn't hear that. (laughs) Oh, man. what? Have you gotten Chris on the podcast? No. He's he, going to outshine me by far. He's no, I just, like, you're all, after you wrote all of those notes and you talked to me so in depth, like about the podcast, I was like, you, you just got to be on it. I'm going to get Chris on it too. Uh, we're going to talk about like bro ham jam and stuff, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm very um, impulsive and I, yeah, I was just like, Hey, are you available? <laughs> Yeah, I like All right, it. Let's do it. I like it. I'm surprised it works so well with you um, for this. You know, I would think. I don't know. My impulse, like when I want to do something big, is to plan because that's the exception. I normally don't plan things, so therefore I'm like, well, you know, things don't normally happen unless I plan them. So I'll like really, I'll do the research. Like, what's the history of podcasting? Like, what equipment do you need? Blah blah blah. blah. But it's like you just gone into it. I think with like a good deal of success, just kind of. Just like flying off the cuff or whatever that expression is. I had to be realistic about my expectations. Like I know that I'm not gonna find the time yeah. to sit and research. Yeah. And and uh, I I mean I work full time and I only do this in the evenings. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really just can't put in the effort. You're killing it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean it really has been uh, it's been really cool to have so many people listen to it. Uh, I walked in to the yoga room yesterday and Chris, Rosalia, and uh, a couple more people were in there talking about, like, they, they like, walked by and waved and they were, Chris opened the door and he was like, oh my God, it's Kendall Fleetwood in the flesh. And, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, they, they were sitting there talking about the podcast Cool. Before I walked in there, and I was like, it was people that I didn't know. It was like, oh my god, like, <laughs> your name precedes you. People that I don't know are hearing about it, and I was like, holy crap! Hmm. And and they're like, what? Do you not want us to tell people? I was like, no, I do. It's just really weird <laughs> that people are actually listening to it. I'm like, there's, I've got 300 listens. Like, who's listening? Right? You know, that's weird. Yeah, really weird. Who are these people? I know who's listening. <laughs> Who are you? But it's like, I, and it's and it's really strange that I've been so vulnerable and open about stuff. And the more just people, because people usually aren't, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and sometimes I'm just like being honest about I'm your like, experiences. Should I not be? And and but it seems like people really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I asked the same question. I was like, huh, are you allowed to do this? Like, are you allowed to be? But I was like, well, nothing's happening, and I really enjoy listening to it. So I guess there is no particular rule against this right i mean i think it's just uncomfortable yeah you know i think that's what it is 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 that most people are uncomfortable having those conversations or even admitting it out loud yeah uh so that was kind of my goal from the beginning was to 
say all of this out loud so that other people yeah. can just say like, yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 I think it's dope. I think what's funny is like when I, when I first, like your first episode, I think basically I didn't have the words for it in my mind then while I was listening to it, but there was sort of this feeling, which was kind of familiar, which I think was like back from like maybe high school or middle school, you know, when you're going through all these new experiences, you don't always have the language or like the cultural kind of like language, I guess, to, to like, or just the understanding or like the feeling of safety to like explain what you're going through. Cause there's just so much life is just unfurling and suddenly you have independence and you have your own time alone and stuff. Um, and like, I think I remember in high school wishing, like, I wish I could just like, I wish I could just like let people just see what's going on, like in my life, like, and then they just, they just understand me, you know? Um, and I would bet a lot of other people have had that experience. Um, and this is like a very efficient way to do that. Um, so I was like, you can do it, but, uh, you know, it's really weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh my God, there is like a way to let people in. Right. And like lots of times we don't want to do that. We don't want to let people see like the darker sides of ourselves, but, but they make up who we are either way right and so and because of this i've been more comfortable like saying stuff out loud to people in person Mm. and and just being honest like look i'm not in a good mood and i gotta go home yeah i love you guys and yeah you know like just just being more honest instead of forcing myself into situations that don't make me feel good yeah yeah for sure yeah well i think also for anxiety in particular i think this is like a really cool tool to have like not necessarily launching a podcast but like recording your state of mind and how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and letting other people in on it um i mean like you're very brave for putting it completely publicly like um but like (laughs) to share it with people that you trust very much you know Mm -hmm. also could be a, a similar way to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you might leave that state of mind and you can reflect on like, huh, yeah, like I experienced this and yet it has passed. And other people can be like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, you were feeling this way then. Now maybe I can see like in, in the future time, I'll be able to recognize that you were anxious at that point. I don't know. It just lends visibility. Um, but without those tools, I think that a uh, mind state like anxiety can be really insulated where you some it doesn't seem totally real when you're out of it 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 seems very real when you're in it and then once it passes once again you're you just you want to get it behind you so mm-hmm. and like it's hard to talk about it's hard to explain like the depths of certain emotions so um i think it's smart to like create a window into it where it's like you can probe at it and be like what is happening here yeah. like yeah I had, um, I listened to Call Her Daddy, which is uh, a, a different podcast. Call Her Daddy. Call Her Daddy by Alex Cooper. So um, she started Wait, out. Call Your Daddy? Call Her Daddy. Call Her Daddy. Oh, Call Her Daddy. Okay. Yeah. Like, daddy. Instead of, okay. Uh, yeah. So it started out as like a pretty sexual kind of thing where they talked about their escapades and things like that. But she really transformed uh, into like interviewing people very seriously Mm. and so I take a lot of inspiration from her and she said that she was speaking with her therapist and her therapist suggested since she does this podcast and she's so comfortable talking into the mic record your record stuff that you're not going to post just just go on there and say whatever you want to say just so that you can get it out you feel like 
you're you're really working through something and then don't post it yeah and that's just like a small form of therapy because it's like some of us just can't journal yeah i have the hardest time trying to journal mm. but if i do this every week it's kind of like i'm i'm like publishing my journal for everyone to read yeah yeah that's interesting (laughs) it's super weird to do well i journal a lot and sometimes i want that sometimes i don't want people like i'm like no these are my thoughts like i'm not and then sometimes like man i wish people just like knew what i was experiencing now because it's really good or because it's really bad and i just like was like i wish i could share this with someone like Mm -hmm. this like very close um i don't know yeah kind of these like intimate moments of like humanhood yeah. Well, that is one of the things that uh, I've wanted to accomplish, too, is I am comfortable talking about these things. And I want other people to feel comfortable talking to me because you don't get that a lot. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people don't understand and they don't really they don't experience it. You know, not not everybody has anxiety. Not everybody has depression, you know, mm-hmm. like and, and it's hard for them to grasp just how severe it can be yeah and um you know they don't really have the right words to console you but when if you talk to somebody that's living it and going through it you feel more comfortable giving out that information you don't feel judged you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you're the only person in the room feeling that way yeah 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 yeah, it's interesting. It's such a hard thing to articulate. Then how does like one person identify someone else who has anxiety? Like, especially if that person wasn't diagnosed or if, and I mean, anxiety is just a placeholder here kind of, of like, it could be, you know, a state of mind, right? But how, how do you adequately like express like, yeah, like I experienced this thing um, to the same degree as you. Like, how do you even compare yeah, well, I mean, everybody's different in the way that it manifests, I think. Because, like, with me, mine's kind of like a full-body experience mm-hmm. where, like, I can't sit still and I feel, like, nauseous and yeah. I can't eat. And, yeah. like, I have all of these, like, um, rambling thoughts and I spiral. And, and it just makes it impossible to, like, do anything. I feel very paralyzed by my anxiety and I just sit. Doom scrolling is the thing that mm. like I really do a lot yeah. to to like combat it cuz if I'm I, as long as I have to have constant stu- external stimulation mm-hmm. to, to I it's like having a toddler that lives in your head. You, uh-huh. You've got to constantly like entertain it or right, it's going right. to start throwing shit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I've never had, yeah, I've never had, like, yeah, for me, it's just, like, it's exercise is the only thing I can do. It would, I would be, yeah, I don't know, like, scrolling through Reddit would be, like, the worst possible thing I could do if I was anxious, I think. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know if it would make it worse, it would just, I would not be, yeah, it wouldn't make it better, for me. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know why it is, but, like, I get on, like, YouTube shorts, mm. and just just go yeah and i even fall asleep like that. okay you know what yeah when you say that then i do think to like find compilations sometimes they just yeah. like pull you out of the world or like a really good show you know you just did pure escapism just like yeah. peace some out of reality for a bit yeah i have a hard time finding shows that like i usually like fall asleep or get mm-hmm. distracted yeah there's very few things there's a new um 
There's a new Egyptian documentary, uh, archaeology documentary on Netflix. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. I love it. Cool. <laughs> so if you like that, it's it, I don't remember what it's called, but it's really good. Cool. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of right now yeah. that like kept my attention long enough. Yeah, I, man, I don't know. I find so many shows all the time that I'm just like, I don't really have time to watch this, but damn, this makes me feel really good. I know. My my TV is like on the floor. I care so little about my TV. <laughs> I don't have a TV. No, really? Yeah, well, I mean, I have a laptop. It's the same thing. Really. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I have my iPad and lots of times I can yeah. just like prop it up in my bed. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But I, I try not to watch too much. I do watch The Office while I work. Mm, I, but I've seen it so sort many Sort of times. meta. What, what does that mean? Well, like you're at an office, right? Yeah, right? I'm <laughs> at an office watching The Office. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Whoa. In my office. But I've seen it like a ton of times, so it's like just background yeah you you're you people are like a race of your own they're like the office watchers like i'm an outsider here like i've seen the office i like the office you know i haven't seen it like all the way through i think even a single time and yet you right you've seen it all the way through like just how many times i have no idea like you're on a whole nother level i don't i i you're in a different world you know it's not a tv show it's like a lifestyle or something maybe a state of mind i'm not again appreciate the show a lot Freaking phenomenal show, amazing acting, writing, just, but I'm just not there with you. Well, it's like the more you watch it, the more you like realize is going on. Mm. There's like background things mm. that happen. Yeah. And then when you see like bonus scenes or you, or deleted scenes and bloopers and uh-huh. stuff, you see like how they happened. It's so it's like the so, lore. Yeah, there's it's just like so the much world. to it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's like the the actors and everything. They do a lot of improv, yeah. and they'll like redo the scenes over and over again. And they like they have to. Oh, so you can go and you can see like cuts that didn't make it of them doing a scene where you do. Oh, yes. that's okay. That's yeah, really yeah. Cool. And they're like, <laughs> there's like scenes where they like try a bunch of different stuff. And they and they like people keep laughing every time, and they so they have to piece it together. So uh, they'll take this clip where they're not laughing, or this person's not laughing, or this uh, one's laughing, and you yeah. know. Oh, that sounds so like they, an awful editing job. I know it's like it's impossible so to like keep people from laughing. So they've got to stitch all yeah. of these different ones together. Yeah, but also at the same time, I if you were there, you'd feel like it was very promising. Like, well, we can't stop laughing, so it's gonna both gonna be really hard to make a show out of this, but also if we do like it's gonna be well honestly that i mean maybe maybe that's like kind of a secret sauce that they have in a way of just like having because i mean i know they're sort of office style shows now Mm -hmm. but i wonder if like when it came out like having that improvisational workflow was like a new thing where it's like we roughly know what's going on here how about you just try some stuff i mean i'm sure they didn't invent the wheel but like that sounds fun to be on that set yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, just figure out your thing that you're going to do. We'll interview you in a second. Like, Yeah, they had lines. They would do, they would do what was scripted. Yeah. And then they'd be like, okay, what do you got? Like, yeah. let's try something else. Yeah. And they did the same thing <laughs> on Parks and Rec. And one yeah. of the best right, lines. Right, because it's such a similar vibe. Right. One of the best lines was uh, improv. So Andy Dwyer, which is Chris Pratt, uh-huh. he, was, he was trying to Google something. And he says, it looks like you have... Uh, uh, internet connectivity 
issues. <laughs> and it was like, you completely improv. Yeah. And it was one of the best lines of the whole thing. Because it was like, he was trying to find like a medical diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really good. And then there's another one where um, Chris Traeger was looking in the mirror. He had the flu and he said, stop pooping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And I, that cuts me out. I rewatched that episode so many times. It's super weird is I feel like that's what like reality shows aspire to. Like, you know, is you want like just that like off the cuff, just like. But in a, even though The Office is fiction, it always was fiction, like it's very real in that way where the, mm-hmm. the characters are just like actually, it's like reality TV show in that way, a well, reality TV in that way. One of the things is like they, may, you know, they all have those computers. They're really like doing stuff on the computer, like they're paying bills and they're like, Good morning, Are you serious? Like, games. like, like while they're like, on set? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if they're just like, if they don't have any what? lines or whatever, and they're just like sitting. Are they like messaging each other? They could be. I don't know. What are they doing? I don't know. What? I, that never occurred to me. They that... were just sitting there like on their computers doing whatever they wanted, like pretending they were really. Doing I'm stuff. such a fool. Uh, you know, I Isn't thought they were hilarious? actually in an office doing work, you know, like I forgot they were actors. I mean, you know, the people who are in the scene talking, but the ones in the, the extras, you know, I, I never thought about what they were actually doing as human beings who were just you know, in the back of the room where, like, really nobody's paying attention. Exactly. That's that's what I'm talking about is, like, the office really is, it's, there's so much to it. And I'm sure that lots of shows yeah, are like that's that. that's so weird. Like, okay, you get to set, you know, you're like Carlos, and you're like, oh, hey, guys, yeah, all right. And it's like, okay, we're positions, normal positions, you know? And they're like, oh, but yeah, like, you guys switched, like, because of the prank the other day. All right, okay, cool, cool, Can I grab my stuff, you know? And then you're there, you're kind of waiting. Like, and you're in your same spots? Like, that would be so surreal. I know. It's like it's like they went to work every day. Like, the, Yeah, that's really kind of trippy. I, yeah, you were saying meta. Like, like I'm going to go to work. And he's like, what do you do? Well, I'm... <laughs> You know, it's the office. It's like, yeah, okay, you work in an office. No, I'm an actor. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, they became famous so quickly, like, that they didn't get to have that conversation, but they probably had it at least once, like, yeah. where... Well, John Krasinski, his daughter, so he's married to Emily Blunt. She's mm-hmm. she's an actress Oh, well. she's awesome. And he, she, their kids... Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> his, A Quiet Place. His daughter oh, said... <laughs> his daughter said, like... My dad works in the office. Like, he works in the <laughs> and, But my mom is an actress. So his kids think that he works in the office. Oh, man. It's so funny. I feel like that is the interpretation of, like, the weirdness of trying to figure out what your parents do when you're about six years old. Right. It's yeah. like, that would make sense to me. It's like, okay, so my dad goes to an office and they film him all day. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That somehow would... I don't think they even, like, get the fact that it's being filmed. Right. It, yeah. They just know that that dad was in the office. Yeah, yeah. I just that was so that was so prevalent. Like I feel like Calvin and Hobbes. That's like one of my favorite comics ever, and it captured that so well. Where you know Calvin sometimes asks, like, "So what do you do all day?" And there's like one the the closest he ever gets is like one day he like gets a flying carpet and he like him and Hobbes fly over to his dad's office and they're like knocking on his window, you know, and that's like the closest as a kid you ever get to figure out. To what your parents do like yeah. if you're like six or seven you know it's mm-hmm. just it's just you know it's another world it's like the adult world yeah you don't understand it like yeah. why do you come here every day it's like for money you know why do you need mm. money because you right. 
expensive kid. You. Yeah. <laughs> You're the problem. <laughs> you and your freaking gymnastics lessons. Yeah, you want to play softball? Well, this is what I got to do to get you there. <laughs> yeah. Got cleats and, and baseball bats. Good lord. I'm so glad I don't have kids. Yeah, studies show that you are less happy when you have children. Really? But they also show that you report life as more meaningful. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see how weird. that... Yeah. Um, so I, I was just in my pharmacy, and this poor woman, she's um, she's standing in line, and her kid is just, like, running around her and, like, running here and there, uh-huh. and he's, like, dancing, and he's, like talking to people in the line he yeah like he he hugged me like <laughs> and he's like grabbing her and and just like giving her a hug like every couple of minutes or so and, yeah and he's just da, 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 da. i relate to this child so hard <sighs> grocery stores were like one of the hard, that and synagogue hardest places in the world sometimes car rides but I forgot Jeez. that you were Jewish. Yeah, synagogues were tough. My mom let me like bring things to draw with. That was, I mean, that's how I got through my childhood. Is I drew all the time. I was I in did class. The same was, thing in yeah. church. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like you're there, you're sitting, you're like, okay, don't really. Honestly, I wish what I had done is I wish I had read the Torah because it was right in front of me. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great story. There's a lot going on. I still haven't like read it all the way through. I don't let, like know the Old Testament like all of it or anything. But I could have been doing that too. But you know, instead I drew, which was also great. Besides going to synagogue, what was it like growing up being Jewish? Um, it was pretty dope. I just felt special all the time, you know? It's sort of unfair, you know? But I was just like, I'm different. <laughs> like, you know? Like, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, the part that I really took for granted, but it, it's like, as a kid, there are things I think you experience that are very positive parts of your life, but, like, you don't know that until later. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I had this like, you know, series of like rituals and, and people and this place and kind of like this blueprint for like what having a conversation with God looks like or like where humanity came from, like all these things that like, I don't know, I think they gave like my life a lot of like substance as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I remember like after synagogue, like in kindergarten, like we're waiting in line, we all wait in like the gymnasium, you know, and it's like me and this kid, Brandon. And we're like, so like, do you think God is real? You know, and it's like these conversations that are like come to us from, I think, because he was Catholic. So we had these different sort of inner journeys we were weaving through. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I guess it felt kind of less like lonely in a way because um, we had this, we had this group called the Havara. And it was just, it was weird because it was always switching out people, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was like all these other Jewish families and who had kids that were roughly me and my brother's age. And so we'd hang out with them and go to these different places. And like, kind of, it was, I think a point in my childhood where I just never really knew what was going on. It was like, okay, we're at synagogue. Like, okay, we're like in Fairfax. Like, oh, we're in this different County. Like, I don't know who these people are, but it was still, it was still fun and it was cool. And and we do different holidays together. And I don't know. I I think I'm grateful. I'm grateful basically Mm -hmm. for being raised um, in this religion. And do you practice now? I, I don't, know. There is a pretty solid Jewish community in Memphis, though. Yeah, so I, I've heard, yeah. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, man, you know. And I bought my um, my sofa from this, um, you know, pretty, I mean, I guess he's he's like an Orthodox Jew. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he was inviting me to his synagogue and stuff. And I was like, wow, I would have this, you know, opportunity where I could, you know, I could, get like, more involved. 
yeah, I could, like, get in touch with the Jewish community in Memphis, but nah, it didn't happen, you know? I was a little bit more invested in, like, the climbing and running community, so those are the trade-offs, I guess, that we make. So are you still solid in your beliefs, or has that changed? I mean, like, I I don't know. I kind of feel like from day one, you know, uh, like, everyone kind of has their own, um, like, religious, spiritual, cultural experience, and, um... Uh, I don't know exactly what you mean by solid in your beliefs, to be honest. Well, I mean... I mean, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know so what you like... Mean. But maybe I don't, so I want to... You know, know, like, if you grew up going to church with your family, yeah. a lot of times people stray from that path. Right. They, like, start to question yeah. all of it. And then some people, they're like, this is the truth. That yeah. I believe this 100%, like, never question Right. So, you know, like... I think I actually, for that question to make sense to me, I need to borrow a little bit of context from the Christian communities I've been exposed to throughout my life. And I'm not saying this is not a thing in Judaism, like belief and faith and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I I was raised like, you know, in, um, you know, I'm a reformed Jew and that was the culture I was in. So it's like not, it's like kind of a low pressure environment Mm -hmm. um, in a way. Um, You know, some people who are like, you know, reformed Jews no longer going to synagogue or practicing will call themselves like Jewish, right? So, um, like, I don't think what I'm saying is that compared to that sort of sometimes, I don't know, we could say like Catholic context, for example, or or certain sects of Christianity, like there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on me, like to believe like ever, like it was never like, so Elijah, like, have you been saved? Like, you know, Elijah, like, how's your relationship with God? It was like, people didn't check in on those things. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they asked me questions about, um, I don't know about like the holidays and like about what I thought about different stories that, you know, happened like um, that we were learning about and stuff. Um, So I didn't have much pressure ever to like believe like with a capital B or something, you know, Um, I still get pressure like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a gift too, I think where I didn't, I didn't have to, um, I don't know. There there was not, there was not, and I think a lot of my childhood in and out of um, like faith was like that, where there wasn't too much pressure on me. And I'm really lucky for that because I, there's a lot of, you know, kids and young adults and even adults who still have that, like, that's just a dynamic of their life. And I mean, I'm not saying it's totally a bad thing, like, but. No, I, I think that, you know, religion as long as you're not pushing it on other people yeah and and you use logic for some things yeah i think that religion is good for people it gives them like purpose and and gives them hope so i mean you know as long as it's not like an extreme view and you're not like using it to hurt other people because they don't believe right then there's nothing wrong with it you know definitely yeah no, yeah. I mean, everyone has their own relationship with this crazy reality that we live in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you have to, is our existence is generally miserable. <laughs> 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 At least mine is. And it's like, sometimes I wish that I had, you know, like a strong faith uh, belief, belief system. I mean, like I have one, but it's not like it rules my life Hmm. it doesn't get me through the day yeah you know but the other people are like yeah i just pray to god and it's in his hands yeah i freaking wish but like okay so i do this thing where so on the one hand i can totally answer your question and i can say like i just don't really 
believe in these absolute truths of any kind mm-hmm. so i just don't there's no like questions that i have like answers to that i'm just they're gonna be the answers like it's kind of just the question that's the only thing that's there yeah um but like when people if you know someone were to say something like that to me like oh it's in his hands you know like that then it's just like i just feel like some translation needs to happen where it's like yeah like we don't have total control over i don't know it's just like people just relate to the same concepts in very different ways well see i'm i really struggle with the, the idea that fate and this is like my path and like all of that and it's like maybe it's not you know there's no path right oh man there's this super good line from this um hosier song that mm-hmm. i really like and it's like would this be easier if there was a right way baby there is no right way and it's just so cool because it's like i mean he's talking i think about like a relationship or love or something Mm -hmm. but and it's also sort of vague but it's sort of just like if only there was a right way and it's just like this reminder it's like there's really it's really you know like somebody just give me the right you can do whatever (laughs) there's yeah there's no right way to do anything just tell me what to do so i don't have to think about it anymore yeah right i'm just like i'm so stressed about everything and all the decisions that i have to make all the decisions that i have made and i have to question everything because i'm like right yeah i mean it's it's a it's a paradox where i mean i think it's easy to feel overwhelmed or unhappy if nothing's decided for you because there's so many choices and there's no way to know how they'll turn out because nobody can you know tell the future and then the other hand you know people want to be free and and there's you know it's pretty rare or i don't know it's rare to be one way or the other 100 percent, right and Mm -hmm. be like you know want to be told everything about your life you know and there's some people i think who want a little bit more a little bit less but i think generally we are capable of being miserable in either situation or being capable of being happy in either situation and I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not like a choice necessarily. It's just, I don't know. It's just life figuring out how to be happy despite constraints, like constraints, feeling happy despite just total ambiguity and having nothing decided for you. Mm -hmm. I am, I don't like to be told what to do, but it would be really nice if somebody could give me some direction. Yeah. I, I fantasized for a long time about like this thing that's just called like, um, like, the book of instructions to life or something mm-hmm. and i think the, the thing is it totally exists is called WikiHow. like it has been attempted right but like you know just this it's kind of this mythology i created of like okay when you're born you get this little book it's relatively portable and it just kind of has like the basic answers to mm-hmm. like you know i mean they're not they're not like completely exhaustive answers but it's just like to things like what is good nutrition how how can i be happy Oh my god. What is love? That's those you know? are the most complicated questions. I know. And so what yeah. it says basically, it's like the disclaimer at the front of the book is like, these are not the only answers. These aren't even necessarily the right answers, but these are the best answers that anyone could come up with. So if you want better than this, you're gonna have to figure it out on your own. But you don't need to worry that you're missing something. Cause you're like right there on the front lines. Like you're I mean, asking the question is first step, you know? Just thinking about it and then trying to figure it out and going through life with like compiling experience. And so but maybe by the time, you know, you're at the end of your life, you're like, I got it. I understand. Yeah. I'm finally there. <laughs> well, yeah. Old people are generally happy. Yeah, it's true. Right? 
They are. No, you're, yeah. yeah. People generally get happier as they get older. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, why? How are you doing that? Why can't I, <laughs> why can't we achieve that at a younger age? Because <clears throat> we got, I don't know, maybe it's sort of similar to like, well, okay. Like for a while, I thought that maybe human beings, like we took so long to learn to walk and do these basic things that other animals can do like like three minutes after being born yeah and originally my theory which i think is actually very wrong uh, like my theory was that it's because we have this extra capacity for ambiguity and being able to be molded into the like the specific challenges and obstacles of our lives um so it's it's sort of like you know we're we're like a jailbroken phone or something where it's like there are not very strong in, in like instincts that are ingrained into us mm-hmm. and so that opens the door to things like you know major personality disorders because it's like our brain is just like whatever works like we'll do it maybe i have to make you feel awful all the time if that's going to help you survive then like we're going to try it out you know and obviously i have no idea what animals you know what their experience is like i mean i, I imagine mice are pretty anxious and um uh, well i mean pandas I, seem kind of bummed to be honest i think that pandas are probably the happiest you think <laughs> because they are so oblivious they have, yeah <laughs> they have such low sex drive though and that's like I mean, I have very little sure information they don't on that. You know, yeah, right. Okay, maybe. Yeah, they're I'm post. Sh- yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. I don't care. Anyways, it turns out I'm super wrong, and it's just like <laughs> our heads are so big that like the we just need to be popped out of our moms like faster, otherwise we'll never make it out. And so we're just like perpetually undercooked as infants. So it's like I was, you know, I was way off. But for a while, that explained a lot of things to me about human beings. I was like, yeah, yeah we're just like not. We're just like, we're not given any actual opinions about how a human being should be. So we're just all, we all do it differently. And some of us do it in some really weird ways, yeah. but there's no well, right there's way. Well, the, there's a nature versus nurture argument. And it's like, you may have come out normal, yeah. but your life broke you. Hmm. And so as right, an adult, right, yeah. you've got to figure out what broke you well, but and how to fix it. I know, but it's always like crazy to think of it. And like, kind of like from nature's point of view, where it's like, you grew up in an abusive household and like you didn't have the resources that you should have and it's just like you're i mean you are broken by some definitions but it's also like your 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 inner workings did like the best they could with what they had which was like to make you incredibly motivated like very disciplined like and to maybe emotionally manipulate those around you because that was the only way that you would get fed or or be taken care of or something it's Mm -hmm. like you know it really takes the onus off of like a human being um I don't know. I just, I just, I was just like, I thought it was interesting to challenge the word broken there. Cause it's like, but really you excelled. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really good at being stressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm really don't know. good at surviving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I oftentimes I kind of fall back a little bit to like, well, I don't know. There's a lot that I could say about like big pharma. And on the other hand, a lot that I could say about, um, Maybe just like this suspicion that I think is kind of in the cultural sort of like consciousness, but it's not, I don't actually know if there's any science really behind it that much, even though I feel like people are constantly trying to prove this idea, which is that like, we just live very different lives than the ones that we like evolved to and the ones that our brains and our bodies like originally for, you know, 
tens of thousands of years were developed in like in this very short time now we're putting very different things in our bodies in very different societies for very different reasons with very different relationships and so like it's just sort of makes sense that like we'd come out of that with some like psychological disturbances and some like weird difficulties because we're just like it's like square peg round hole yeah right I, I don't know if that's actually, I feel like, you know, like maybe that's kind of similar. Sometimes I think about that as like, maybe that's sort of similar to how people used to think that the world, like, you know, like the sun revolved around the earth, or it's just something people assumed. Like, I feel like that's the equivalent, it, which it might be right. It might be wrong. I don't know. The earth revolved around the sun. Yeah, what, I don't know what I said. That. You said the sun, they used to think the sun revolved around the earth, but it does. They used to think earth, wait, no. I mean, the sun revolves around us. Let's be clear. No, okay. Now <laughs> Earth revolves around the sun. Okay. I mean, okay. You, did you say that? I don't know what I now said. Now I don't know what you said. But <laughs> as long as we're on the same page that the Earth is flat, yes, then we're Yes, yeah, done. we know that. <laughs> that, is, that is the truth. Okay. Oh, my God. Have you seen, um, have you seen All Yas No Breaks? What? All... See me after. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, it's not bad. It's nothing weird. It's just this... It's just... I mean, you can only call him a journalist. It's like this kind of scrappy 18-year-old kid with Jufro who walks around in an oversized suit and, like, one of those big microphones, like, with the square thing on it, like, from yeah. the news, you know? And he just goes to, like, the Flat Earther Conve- Convention. He goes to, like, Crystal Fest. He goes to, like, Adult Performers Festival. And he just talks to people who are just out on the fringes just yeah. all the time um and you know he just kind of stands there and they just pour out their soul of salmon it's uh it's it's, it's a pretty amazing, amazing. That yeah people do that um, there's um a, there's this guy that goes to like jump rallies or that's probably him rallies. yeah well i mean that is him, and but. he would just go up and ask like kind of pointed questions and they wouldn't really pick up on it and they would basically like tell on themselves right yeah. they would they would make the joke by what they're saying right they right, don't right. even realize that he's making right. the joke right yeah <laughs> like, i can't believe that people are walking around with such strong opinions putting on on like on signs without even consulting like you know what their opposition thinks and, and, and name calling and all this stuff and there's like someone holding a sign that's just like yeah <laughs> no no the opposite <laughs> it doesn't say fuck trump they're at a trump rally it could though i mean it would work out oh no it's yeah it's yeah it says yeah i don't know like you know hunter biden's emails or yeah uh hillary's hillary's, hillary's emails. emails yeah, yeah. my emails. brother went to hillary's emails for halloween one day that was pretty good how do you do that i think i actually don't remember i think he was in a box and he just had yeah all it of just them. sent hillary's emails. yeah yeah it was reliant on a sign it's kind of hard thing to visualize ah, yeah. okay gotcha. at least it wasn't uh old what's her face monica Lewinsky. Hmm. Yeah, that one's played out. I actually haven't seen the Monica Lewinsky costume. Oh my god, yeah. It's a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's bad taste. Yeah. yeah right. One thing I wanted to ask you about was, I mean, and you don't need to answer here, like, I just wanted to ask you, was, like, how you decided that you wanted to practice paganism. Oh, um, so I started... I always questioned religion and I was always very interested in like the supernatural and Mm -hmm. like spirituality and stuff like that. And I got into crystals and, you know, all that stuff. And I started watching this girl on YouTube called Harmony Nice and she was a Wiccan. 
And so I was watching a lot of her videos and learning a lot about about Wicca and it's pagan, but Wiccan is like specific. They have like a book that tells them everything and it was but it's a more modern form of paganism. So it was created by some guy, I forget his name. Wiccan was created by a dude? Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a new religion. It it like pieces together other pagan traditions into one thing and kind of condenses it down. Mm. Uh, so that's how I started to learn about it, and I I liked it, and I, I for a little while I kind of like adopted a lot of that Wiccan stuff and considered myself like on the Wiccan path. But the more I learned about paganism, is like it's so vast. It's there's so much of it in history. Because that's how everybody started, like staring at the stars and looking at the at the earth and the trees. And um, everybody has their own mythology and lore and, and all that. So I got more and more interested in everybody's point of view. So being a pagan is very generalized because you can kind of pick and choose what what you believe in. Yeah. And it's not just a, this is the right way right. type of thing. It's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. So I really like that about it because that's, that's one of my issues with regular, you know, like Christianity and, and other religions. Like, this is the book. Yeah. These are the things that we believe. Yeah. And it doesn't leave any room to question things or have different opinions and, and things like that. But yeah. paganism is vast. Right. And has so many cultures and, and so much... Uh, history to it you can go on and on and on about you know paganism yeah 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 that's, that's how i started okay yeah, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> it reminds me of um the beginning of life of pi did you ever read they didn't have very much in the movie but in the book then did you ever read it uh-uh. it's like i think you'd like it um because it's sort of in a way about someone who has um kind of a pagan sort of philosophy to life Mm -hmm. like if i understand you correctly because i think basically like paganism was like a pretty big deal for a long time like i think you know like during the roman empire for example i mean that's just one part of the world Mm -hmm. but i think it was weird when like you know these mono theistic religions came around Mm -hmm. and it's like people were pretty religious tolerant they're like oh yeah you like you worship athena oh that's dope it's like oh you you worship like raw okay cool cool yeah there's a bunch of gods like this is the ones i like and then people were like no there's only one god he's like i mean you can have your god right but like you know there which do you like any of the other ones and they're like there's only one you're like all right dude you we're yeah. not gonna hang out with you anymore yeah. and like that was that was a really big shift in the world to have monotheism suddenly yeah. um well i mean and the the cool thing about it is that everybody's got the god of this and the god of that and yeah that it's like each culture has the different ones for different things but they all came came up with it independently right so right. that's really cool because they were like separated from each other for the longest time people hadn't ventured out yeah you know it's like this is the more this is the intuitive it took it took a lot more thousands of years for people to be like what if there's just one right yeah everybody was doing the same thing completely separately i mean that's a huge generalization though i mean like i would actually really be interested in finding out like were there were there really early monotheistic practices like i'm sure that there were um but 
I, I mean, I don't know. I just know that paganism, like all of the different yeah. cultures that practice it, we're doing the same thing, but in a different way. Right. I like, see. this is the spirit of this. This is the spirit of yeah. that. You yeah. Know? And everybody had like different traditions and rituals yeah. and stuff like that. But a lot of stuff is similar too. Yeah. And it's really cool that they had that, that intuition to do that. Right. Yeah. Like right. as human beings, we were like, yeah, I mean, look at that. That's very, like, the moon is very significant. We should pray to the moon. Yeah. And everybody prayed to the moon. I mean, that's kind of what we do. Like, we we empathize with things. We anthropomorphize things. Mm-hmm. Like, we see the moon and we're like, yes. Dope. That's that's the person <laughs> up there. Yeah. For sure. It's just There's... like a circle of light. And we're like, yeah. Yeah. They are there smiling tonight. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's there's like there's this personification or like of things in or nature. like snakes, right? Like there's so many stories. I mean, it's just yes. to pick, I'm just picking an animal at random, but like you look at like no, African snakes. mythology, you look at like mythologies of any kind, and it's just people are making stories about snakes. They're like, yes. this is what these snakes are thinking. Everybody <laughs> has got a theory and some sort of like meaning to snakes. Yeah. So like in lots of cultures, they're viewed as like positive they're yeah. powerful yeah and they have like a significant meaning and then like in in the bible the snake is like the antagonist right right so, yeah so, people had some strong feelings one way or the other right yeah and it's 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 weird that everybody had like that picked certain that you know these specific things and had you know they just made up their own their yeah own, mythology it makes sense like imagine you know we don't have the internet we're just living in like these cultures like out in the middle of desert forest or something right and you're talking with your your folks right and then you go out to like hunt or to forage or like to find some bark for your freaking you know whatever thing that you're making that you live in and then you you like have this close encounter with a snake or like with a tiger or something and it's like that's going to be as real of an interaction as like hanging out with the people back home, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe you get bitten, you almost die and you have to like crawl back or something. It's like, you're going to have some strong feelings. Like, and and those are going to be as important in in some ways and maybe more so than your human relationships. Like, they really mold your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I can see why you would make a belief system around that one time that like, you know, you got mauled by a tiger and you made it away because the tiger would like look you in the eyes and they're like, Mm-hmm. And it's weird how like a lot of cultures, uh, there's several cultures who have very similar stories about the same thing, but like with a different name. Yeah. So the stories are like identical in completely different parts of the world, mm. but they've just called it something. The main one I heard of is is like the Great Flood. Is that I, I don't, I would like to learn more about that because that's truly incredible that mm-hmm. I've heard that, you know, um, you know, Noah getting in his boat and the world being flooded and everyone dying like him and then a bunch of animals. That's like, that's a story that crops up a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's really interesting. It would be really interesting, like, I, I don't know if there was a great flood. And it would also be really interesting if there never really was this unified geographic event, but yeah. people just kind of have this similar. I mean, I can only I story. Can imagine how that would happen. What, what is it? Um, Constantinople? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it destroyed? Was that yeah, the... Yeah, Constantinople. Was I... that a volcano? No, that was um, Mount Vesuvius over... Uh, what do you call it? Mount Vesuvius over... Um, uh, what is it? <laughs> I'm blanking. Pompeii! Pompeii! That's yeah. what it was. I think Constantinople is like... 
I think it's in modern day Turkey, and it was okay, the capital okay. of the Eastern it, Roman Empire it was after Pompeii. it got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What about it? Uh, I forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that there was like a, a great flood, or uh, there was one place. Uh, Pompeii was a volcano. Okay. But I I could have sworn that there was like some civilization that was Atlantis. that's cur- currently underwater. Atlantis. Okay, not Atlantis. <laughs> Why not? Why can't <laughs> it be Atlantis? I don't know. That's the one. We haven't proved Atlantis Atlantis yet, but they 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 did a documentary. We got to find the Shepherd's Journal. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's from, like, the Disney movie Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is phenomenal, so yeah, I'm not, yeah. I wish. I wish they could find it. That Probably be, pretty, uh, be, so be a lot of algae. Yeah, but it would be sick. Ooh. It would be sick, especially if they had figured out how to create some sort of power source that was dependent on the souls of your ancestors. Was that in the movie? That was in the movie. It was really cool. <laughs> and they all had the yeah, these fish and they would like glow up. And yeah, I, I loved that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did too. There was yeah. one point McDonald's had Atlantis um, toys. You can get the Leviathan. Leviathan? Yeah, it's like the, it's the creature that like, it yeah. like defends the city of Atlantis. It's like a giant lobster. I think I got the necklace. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like with the crystal? Yeah. 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 I got the necklace. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was really cool. I was like, yeah. coolest thing ever. Yeah. I like was determined. I was like, yeah. we have to go to McDonald's and get this thing. That is pretty cool. Back in the day yeah. when we still had toys. Yeah, McDonald's? They, they were on another level with those toys. I know, right? That was yeah. really smart. It was, a, it was a good idea. Yeah. We don't do it anymore. Right? I don't know. I haven't gotten the Happy Meal for a minute, but uh, maybe we should try it. See what we get. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If they don't have any toys, I don't want to Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I made a podcast once. I didn't get to the whole Spotify stage. Okay, can I tell you about my podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really excited about my podcast, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get it off the ground, and I'm still thinking about it. I'm not sure, like, if it would be like a good contribution to the world or not. I, but I mean, that's sort of the question that I would have to answer with it. So it's like the podcast was called Please Steal My Ideas. And it was just like random inventions and things I wanted to build. <laughs> and I would just share how it would go. And it would be like, please make this. Like, I don't have the time, but I wish it existed. And I just had like this really long list of oh, these things. That's amazing. And I made a few episodes and yeah. I like gave them like sound effects. And I really struggled with the structure because I didn't even. It's like whenever I went off the cuff, I would end up with like 40 minutes of unusable footage that was just me talking about something really random. And I'm like, I can't use this. And I also can't look through 40 minutes of footage to extract like five minutes. So I just, I kind of got stuck. Um, I still made a a couple, but. That's why I like my structure because everything can kind of go in. Yeah. 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 There's only like a few things. Leave it up to the listener to edit. Yeah. With their minds. Yeah, I mean, like, listening, I, I don't think it really needs to be edited. Life's not edited. You know? Yeah. Just talk. Yeah. Yeah. Life is edited, though. Not mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Not mine. Yeah. I mean, I only mean that, like, to the extent that, I mean, again, the theme that you brought up of, like, and, you know, it's not a terrible thing, but just how... We pick the things I think we talk about with certain people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're all yeah. busy 
Yeah. I think, yeah, Bob had like the experience of oversharing and being like, okay, maybe I should censor myself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, like oversharing with the wrong person. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you don't realize till afterwards that that person was like, oh my God. Like maybe I should yeah. not have went there with that person yeah. because there's some people i mean there's some people that you can just dump everything or or there's also just sometimes there's like there's that but then there's also like when you just pour out your soul to someone and it's like they were attentive and they listened but they're not going to do anything with that information it was it was not important you know yeah. for me to tell them yeah like, well that's the thing i think when we we just need to vent we just need to get it out of our bodies yeah and it's you know, like, it's not like I'm looking for a solution or for you to fix it for me. I just am carrying this with me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, therapy, yes. Go to therapy if you can go to therapy. But not everybody can go to therapy. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's nice to have, you know, at least one person in your life that you can just bare your soul to. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> This is Fleetwood. Bye.